0: He taught me, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer.
1: To infinity and beyond!
0: There's no crying? There's no crying in baseball! Precious! <sighs> Good, Your no.
1: milkshake!
0: This is Sparta! So you're telling me there's a chance? What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard.
1: Welcome to Know Your Cinema.
0: Hello and welcome back to Know Your Cinema, your favorite cinematic themed podcast, starring your two favorite thick boy hosts me jason quinn and the king of the ring sir devlin clemens
1: hello everyone out there in podcast
0: land uh today we are continuing our journey down the mcu rabbit hole with the paul rudd film ant-man
1: yes ant-man and what a lovely surprise. Ant Man was.
0: Dev, what are what are your tell me your full thoughts on this on this film? So
1: uh, I have one issue with this film. Nothing major, but it will affect the score. Um, but I'll get to that later. Um, don't know a lot about the Ant Man character. Again, being a DC guy, not really keen in on the Marvel characters um pretty neat concept uh of a superhero uh the story is really good uh gives you kind of a a background and origin story uh of the creation of ant-man and then subsequent uh the next version of ant-man so to speak so uh kind of gives you some insight in that Uh, a lot of character building in this film um, particularly, um, from the original Ant Man to Paul Rudd uh, and everything in between.
0: Okay. Um. Yeah, I think. Uh, I don't. I personally don't know a whole hell of a lot about Scott Lang, uh, Ant Man. I. I do know a decent amount about Hank Pym, and I think that the main reason why they went with Scott Lang versus Hank Pym is because the Hank Pym story is a very, very dark one. It's probably one of the darker, like Marvel stories. Sure. Um, Because he's uh, he's abusive to his wife, and he's a severe alcoholic, and he. Struggles with a lot of like mental health issues and stuff. So it's, it's a lot of, it's, it's probably one of the more dark uh, storylines in the entire Marvel universe. Um, and so Scott Lang, the only, the only thing that I really know from Scott Lang is, is basically what you get in the MCU. So that's really where my, my knowledge comes. So I'm assuming if, if the characters are, at, if he's accurate, then they probably went with Scott Lang because he's he's a lot more of a light-hearted character
1: yeah I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's the reason why they went with that because it's going to be it's, it's not going to be an appealing thing to have that in there uh, as far as the Hank Pym story um, and, they, and they avoided it they didn't try to go into any of that that you mentioned um
0: this... Yeah, and they do they kind of they've kind of tweaked the storyline for the MCU, which is understandable because they're not making DC movies. Um you know what I mean, they're not making movies that are just dark for the sake of being dark. Um Marvel is much more known for its cheerful, colorful uh kind of films, so
1: yeah, as I was telling Jason the other day, we were briefly discussing the film after I'd watched it. This movie is like, uh, eye sex. Uh, it is very eye pleasing and it's enjoyable to watch from a, a, cinematic, specter, I guess you could say it's, um, The CGI in it, there's a lot of scenes where there's just nothing going on, but visually it is very eye-catching. There are also a lot of uh, humorous moments in it. Uh, The story is great. Um, It is well drawn out in character building. Uh, And I think that initially for this Ant-Man movie, it is needed for it to happen because you are completely building these types of characters up. So this is the the best way to possibly um, bring out a character that a lot of people don't know because you're really going full bore into building a character and characters because as we see in the latter part of the film, they're going to be adding a uh, sidekick quote, so to speak. Uh, into that franchise as well, because we know subsequently they have a sequel uh, called Ant-Man and Wasp.
0: I wouldn't call her a sidekick, um, simply because she's, she's such an important character as it is, uh in, in terms of the Marvel universe, because she's she's actually one of the original, not not that particular version, but the original Hank Pym and I'm not sure who the I'm not sure what the name of the original wasp is, but those two are actually founding members of the Avengers. So they're I, I would give her more credit than, than a sidekick, but I do understand where you're coming from as far as yeah. that goes. Yeah. The only the only downfall I
1: think I have in this movie is they had a villain who was just kind of meaningless to me. I don't think that they made him important enough for me to care about him in this film.
0: Which is truly unfortunate because I think that he's... Uh, I think that he is an important villain in terms of the entire overarching Marvel Cinematic Universe or, or in terms of the Marvel Universe um, because yellow jacket is kind of like the 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 big deal villain for ant-man right
1: and like i said i think they did a fantastic job of building your hero character but i don't know if there was cut scenes or what i just didn't have the feeling that i should care about this villain and i've had it in another film we recently watched too it just I didn't care enough. It was the age of Ultron. It, this had the kind of the same villainous the villain feel to it like I just didn't care about this guy. And when, you know, we had the final battle scene, I was like, yeah, he's evil. Yeah, he's doing this for all the wrong reasons, but I'm not invested in this bad character. So that's a a really negative point in this film for me. I think that overall it's really good, but you know, in being a movie reviewer you have to look at the the things that need to stand out more in a movie and i think that if they had expanded more on that and less on the training of ant-man uh i think we could have gotten a a much better uh final scene uh, scenes or scene to what we were doing with this film Um, but overall I mean it's a good movie I I can't sit here and say that it's not because there's a lot of good things that are going with it and visually again that was the most pleasing thing to me in this movie story was good but the the cinematography and the things that were you were seeing with your eyes um, gave me a nostalgic feeling for Honey I Shrunk the Kids Um, but also you know Ant-Man Stands Alone in some in in a Marvel Cinematic Universe for its uh certain type of cinematography
0: yeah no i think it definitely it it it, it's interesting because up until this point they hadn't really tried to establish another standalone superhero film um for you know since the very beginning this is kind of like the first one that they pulled out um since you know the original iron man thor and captain america i mean sure they did the guardians of the galaxy but that's more of like a whole team kind of thing and they're just they're doing a whole bunch of shit there but um so for them to try to you know create another character from scratch basically um again i think they did a really solid job um you know making you care about the characters i think paul rudd is fantastic um his relationship with his daughter is really, really well uh, really, really well done on screen because you you know you you want him to win, you know at the end of the day you really want him to win And uh, I think uh, I think I think it just I, I think it's got a really good feel to it. I think this is one of those marvel movies that, certain Marvel movies are good in, in order. Like, you know, you can watch them in order from, you know, Iron Man on and they have their part and they're good because they're part of the overall storyline and that's good. And then there are certain Marvel movies that you can pick out and watch over and over and over again, because it's just simply enjoyable. And I think this falls into that category because this, this is just something that you can, you know if you're just looking for something to be blindly entertained by this really does do the trick right. um and i don't i don't think that every movie in the marvel universe kind of passes that test because that's just not <laughs> that's just not how how it kind of works out i mean but uh there's you know you you have movies like like ant-man and guardians of the galaxy movies like I could put in a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, one volume one or two, any day of the week, and just thoroughly enjoy myself because it's super entertaining, you know. And I think this is, yeah, this, this, is this also has
1: a, it has a different feel because we are right out the gate introduced to the, the fact that um, the Paul Rudd's character has a family, so to speak, he has a daughter. Whereas a lot of the Avengers we, we get to reveal that Hawkeye has a family later, you know, in, in an earlier film.
0: Right, but that's almost like kind of a shock. Like it's not like uh right. a...
1: Yeah, we're right out the gate with it because none of the other Avengers really have families. Right. So it's uh it's 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 different in that because you you can you can connect because A, he's a human, but he also has a family and so if you you if you can you can connect on that level of being if you're a dad that doesn't get to see his kid and you're just trying to do right you're trying to change your life around you can connect with that. Um, it also kind of ties into the Hank Pym side of things too, where he's just trying to connect with his daughter too and make things right. So it's all kind of you know full circle so to speak, and he's learning from. Hank and Hank's learning from him, and it's it's a very interesting story and dynamic that's built around uh, this movie and inside of it. So, um,
0: yeah. Another thing that I think that is kind of an interesting thing, kind of if you if you kind of take a little journey and parallels with me, um, in the Thor movies, we have. Uh, his little band of merry brothers or whatever you want to call them. Um, and you find yourself not giving a, a shit at all about who these people are in any way, shape, or form. And whether they lived or die would be completely non-consequential to you. Mike. And then in this movie, oh. the three people that Scott has that are close to him are criminals to be fair i mean they're all <laughs> ex you know prisoners and shit like that and then but they're the the dynamic in which they they have together and the the way the characters are built even in short you know scenes you care way more about them than you do any of thor's like friends like you'd be genuinely no, I mean, like oh shit
1: so much for ti i mean that's just
0: I think Ti's character does a good job. I think Ti does a good job in the
1: movie. No, I, I think he does a good job. I, I'm just, uh, just joshing.
0: I think it's it's one. It just surprised one.
1: me that he was in the movie. I'm like, oh, Ti's doing something.
0: Well, okay. and it's good it's it's not and it's Get not bad paycheck. either. You know what I mean? And that's that's the other part. Right, now
1: I'm like, like, yeah, good for him. Get a paycheck. I thought he fell off the off the planet for there for a second.
0: well he was not he was in prison for quite a while, but. Got out.
1: And... Yeah, I mean, yeah, make make that money, make your money. Wesley Snipes yeah. was in prison too. He's out and making making movies with uh, Eddie Murphy again. So good, good for him.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, you always like to see somebody succeed. I, I, especially... I wasn't as
1: invested in those characters. They kind of.
0: I think I think you become a little bit more invested in them as the MCU goes on, especially. Um, uh, what's his name? Luis Pena. Luis Pena. Yeah, his 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 character is or Michael Pena. I'm sorry. Is that who it is? Yeah. Michael Pena. His character is one of the most entertaining characters in the MCU. He's so fucking funny. Like, just like the vibe that he has, and I don't know. There's there's just something about it, and there's there's. It's actually one of the things that I'm looking forward to for later films in the MCU. Is, First time really- I saw
1: that guy in a movie, it was in a movie called 50 Pills. Have you ever seen that movie?
0: No. I have not. It's Isn't an interesting it film.
1: Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. It's got a decent little cast in
0: it. Yeah, no, he's he he was funny as hell, and he's funny in this one. But I think he he continues to be funny. Um, he is in one of the. He is in a movie that I still consider to be one of the craziest movies that I've ever seen. Uh, Crash. I don't know if you've ever seen that one, but that oh, one hits Crash. hard. You haven't. It? Nope. It's, good.
1: it's artsy. I don't. i don't get an artsy pill- picks that much.
0: The only reason, the only, actually, the only reason why I watched the film was because my cousin was an actor.
1: I still wouldn't watch it. You don't care if my mom was an extra in it.
0: I mean, I, I ended up enjoying the movie a whole lot, but I uh, the main reason was because I was like, yeah, let me see if I can see my cousin. Yeah, I, I, I have a tendency to stay away from
1: artsy films. Because they, they're, they're always hit and miss. They're either I really like them or I really hate them. And I just I just don't like to take that shot. I really don't.
0: Oh, he's actually in uh, the Door of the Explorer movie too. That shit was really good. Yeah, I know. I'll take, I'll take your word on that too. Hey, the reason why the Door of the Explorer movie is really good is simply because uh, whoever wrote the film was the whole time making fun of Dora the Explorer. So it's very, like, self-aware and funny because it makes fun of the TV show mm. the whole time. So it's like... It was like Nickelodeon was like, all right, we know that this is, like, a ridiculous children's show. So, like, in the TV show, Dora looks off camera and she's like, you know, can you say swipe or no swiping? I've seen, I've seen Dora the Explorer, the team. Right, So in the movie, she does that shit, and um, Michael Penn is her dad, and she's like, He's like, Who the fuck is she talking to? Like, he's like, Should we get her checked out? Like, she keeps doing that, and (laughs) and there's nobody around.
1: The first time I saw Dora the Explorer, I was like, I'm glad this didn't come out in 1997. I was like, Because if I was high watching this show, holy crap. It could freak me out. <laughs> like this, this little girl's talking to me about getting lost in the woods. What is? It's like um, Ralphie May does a really good skit on uh, on Door of the Explorer. He's like, he's talking about bad TV shows. He's like, who's watching this baby? Why did someone let this baby go in the woods with a monkey? You don't know what
0: that where that monkey's been. I've I've actually heard that. That is probably one of the funniest Door of the Explorer things I've ever. Robbie May was was one of a
1: kind. Yeah, it, Robbie May could make anything funny. He literally made a skit. I was I saw a live show. He made a skit about uh, chocolate chip cookies, hilarious, and how he was calling people pussies for eating liking soft chocolate chip cookies. Let's
0: see a hard, see a crispy, crispy. Yeah,
1: yeah. He was a uh, he was he well. He was basically saying he's like. You ever went and had, you know, had chocolate chip cookies? He's like, he's like, uh, like the soft batch cookies. He's like, they don't taste like chocolate chip cookies. He's like, they're good. He's like, but they don't taste like chocolate chip cookies. Cause they're, they're soft. No one ever, you can go to your grandma's house and she made these soft chocolate chip cookies. And some girl was like, and the crowd was like, my grandma made so- soft chocolate chip cookies. He's like, you're a fucking liar. You're, bullshit. <laughs> you're <laughs> like, bullshit. He's like, you know how I know he's like, cause I've never, I've been to a lot of grandma's houses and I've eaten a lot of cookies. Look at me. He's like, you don't think I don't, have, I don't have cookie experience? He's like, you know what happens when there's crumbs? He's like, I'll get some milk, put it on a cookie sheet, and eat that like cereal.
0: Uh, yeah, now the, the only way those cookies are, are soft is if they're fresh out of the oven.
1: He's like, I like to have fat kid moments where I get all the crumbs on my chest and I have this moment. And he licks the tip of his finger and he goes, <laughs> He starts dabbing his chest. He's like, eating. The, he's like, I eat the crumbs right off my chest. He's like, I don't brush it off. I'm not gonna lie, I've been there. I, I yeah, get it. if you're a thick boy, you know what we're talking about. I get it. There's probably someone out there going, "Oh, that's the fattest thing I've ever heard." Yes, it is.
0: But you know what? That's
1: who we are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, back to Ant Man. Um, back to Ant Man yeah this like I said, this movie it, it it's nothing it it doesn't have a lot of explosions and and a lot of you know uh, really like hard hitting fighting scenes. There's a lot of story building here there's a lot of character building, which is great. Um, but what you get in the action scenes in this film are just like I said, It's fantastic. It's so eye-pleasing. Um, the the usage and the imaginative, whoever came up with the CGI of like even like a pack of lifesavers inside of a a suitcase to make them appear gigantic Mm -hmm. and then roll around. And then the innovation with the cell phone when he's you know they're they're fighting and it's like play this music and or he says something and it's like playing this by uh the cure. And they're fighting to the cure music, and then the train scene when it's just a little kids' toy, Thomas the train playset, and they're fighting, and it's all this dramatic like scenery when it's shot when they're 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 small, and then when they throw the train, it just like it hits the window seal, and just like
0: yeah, it's super, it's like super like very not a big deal at all. Yeah. Which is I, I don't know, I think that uh, I think that and they they do more more with that as as the Ant main character goes on, more stuff involving that kind of yeah. back and forth stuff. Um in subsequent films that he appears in. But like uh, I just find it in, it's just enjoyable. You know what I mean? It's it's it's, it's it one of those things where you just like it's 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 fun. You know, yeah. and the, it's, it, this is this is one of those movies that like you don't have to think too hard about it. You can just sit back and enjoy it. You can have some laughs, and you can, can just have fun. Like You truly can just enjoy yourself watching this movie, and that's one of the things that I like about it a lot.
1: Yeah, I was actually uh, kind of mad at myself that I hadn't, I hadn't watched this prior um, because it was, like I said, it was so eye-pleasing coming out of it. Um, and I enjoyed it uh, immensely one of I mean if at the end of all this if we're ranking uh, Marvel films that we've watched I mean this is going to be up there it's going to be one of the, the the top 10 because it just it was so shocking of how good it was um, and again even though there is that whole you know main antagonist uh, problem I have you know I can look past that with um giving ratings um for for the most part it is uh just a you know I can't I have not enough words to describe how how well written and how well acted and the character building is phenomenal which is, and that and that's hard to do when you have a very short movie is to to build that build the main character's and give them all backstories and give them all, you know, life and make them feel they're like, they're important when they're inside the movie. It's, it's hard to do that when you're, when you're making an, you know, a first time film, because you feel like you're going to need to expand on that later, but now they've got it all out the way. And now you can, you can go forward and, and continue to expand on that character because we've got enough of the, of the frame of the character that we can, When we see something else, or something else comes to light, it's going to make a lot more sense to us, or it's going to, we're going to appreciate that more within the character.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, um, it's 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 a solid flick, and I can I can definitely concur that I would say in the overall MCU, this this ranks high, for sure. It's definitely. not 100% sure that i would put it in the top 10 i'd have to like actually try to rank them to figure out if it makes top 10 or if it's like just below it but it's definitely it's definitely there um you want to get into the favorite scenes and quotes and such
1: yeah um a favorite scene for me it's one of the last action scenes before the house. It's when he's running through the scale model, and they're shooting bullets at him, and it just looks like a it looks like a war zone. He's running through. It looks like he's running through like, you know, a uh, 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 landmines placed inside this scale model. And it it's so eye pleasing because it's white in the contrast of you know, the bullets whizzing past him and they, you know, him being super small and it just is amazing how they shot that. Um, you know, of course it's on a CGI screen, but at the same time, it's really, really awesome to see uh, how it all turned out, how it all looked really cool. Um, there's also that first scene with the the bathtub that was really cool as well. Like I said, anytime there, that he was, you know, in an action sequence when he was shrunk down, it was really cool to see that because everything has a different perspective to your eye.
0: Yeah, I really liked. Uh, I, I like all of those scenes, but I, I think my favorite scene is 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 when he fights Falcon.
1: That's pretty funny. That's a funny scene too. It's Falcon
0: gets funny. his ass whooped. He does. He gets fucked up, and it's it's super funny. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I like the, uh, I like how it all, I mean, it all pays off. I mean, we're going to, we're going to, we'll get, uh, we'll get to it in, in the next, you know, next movie. Um, but uh, I think it's just, it's funny. It's got like, uh, you know, because where, you know, where we were at at this point in time, you know, Ant Man was kind of a big deal. Falcon had just, uh, he'd only had, what, one movie, maybe part of a second one, I think, that he had really had anything to do with at this point, so he was kind of a, a very unestablished character, but um where I'm at in the MCU and where the MCU's actually at, like, you know, Sam Wilson is a big fucking deal, like, you know, now he's got, he just had his own TV show, and he's got, you know, a whole lot of shit going on, so he's he's a big deal character now. So I think that's one of the things that I really enjoy about the MCU overall is like, there's little things and little characters that are that link here and there. Like, there's a character that is in Ant-Man and the Wasp, who's a small character, literally a throwaway character in the movie. Like, you won't think twice about him. But then that character is a really big deal in wandavision so it's like it's kind of cool how that kind of stuff works out how we get like that little bounce back and forth and like you know in the very beginning of this there's you know howard stark and peggy carter are in the beginning of this um which is cool i love that like i love the the fully it just feels like a real world like you, it feels like an authentic world that we're watching You know, different things play out in. And I really enjoy that.
1: Well, you're starting to, Everything starting to encapsulate. Even the world from the past is starting to encapsulate and origins are starting to make sense and everything's kind of coming together because we, we know this is all coming to a head, so to speak. So it all is, you know, they're building to a, 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 a bigger thing so you, you have to you have to have investment in these characters some one of these characters you have to have investment in doesn't matter who it is
0: mm-hmm.
1: because when we get to Infinity War you're going to have you know you're going to have to latch on to a character because that's the whole that's the whole purpose of what they're going you know they they're going to try to accomplish in the two Infinity War movies yeah um favorite quote I got mine. Um, it's Scott Lang talking to Hank Pym. And he says, my days of breaking into places and stealing shit are over. What do you need me to do? <laughs> I want you to break into a place and steal some shit.
0: <laughs> that shit is fucking funny. I also like the the quote when they're uh,
1: they're in the van, com- like right in the beginning, and they're coming back. And he's like uh, uh, talking to Luis. And he's like, uh, oh, what's the same? What's the, what's the, uh, he says, um, how, how are things, how are things going or something like that? And he says, uh, I'm trying to find it.
0: <laughs> he said, well, like, oh, was going pretty good.
1: Yeah. He says like, uh, my mom, uh, he's like, my mom died. My dad got deported, but hey, I got the van or something like that
0: well pretty nice like oh he says
1: um hey how's your girl man ah she left me man or she left me oh and my mom died too and my dad got deported and there's awkward sounds he says but i got the van
0: yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah that the. Uh, <laughs> i mean even the like exit ritual that they have in that prison's pretty funny too like you know, first you're like, okay, I'm getting like this kind of like hardcore fight situation going on, like where he's getting, where he's leaving prison, like, and I realize, not like
1: the Punisher was gonna fight his way out of prison.
0: Right? I'm like, oh shit, okay,
1: like we're about to watch this dude get beat.
0: <laughs> right.
1: But yeah, it's it's because it was written by the same people who did like Talladega Nights and Anch- and Anchorman. You, you know, there's gonna be some like stupid humor. So I went into that knowing that. So I was like, okay, like let's just, let's just let's just have this this moment and see where it goes. Because if it was way over the top, stupid, I thought I was like, I was like, ah, they're just trying to put too much of that humor in there. But they did a good job of balancing it out. Um, so hats off to. The, I think there was like four people who wrote on this movie. So
0: yeah, there's like a lot of people, I and mean, I mean it's Edgar Wright and uh, um, Adam, McKay. Adam McKay. Adam McKay. The two of them, I've never seen them work on a project together other than this one.
1: And well, I you know, Ad- Edgar Wright bring you know, brings that, that classic dry British humor to the table. Adam McKay brings that uh, dry American humor that we, we
0: all love so much. My God, I just I love I love fucking Edgar Wright movies. That dude just kicks ass. And I love Adam McKay movies too.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, for those who are not in the know, Edgar Wright directed like Shaun of the Dead, and he's in with, you know, those guys. So if you, your, hum- your, your humor bone goes to uh, like
0: that. He also did like Scott Pilgrim.
1: Yeah, but no one cares about Scott Pilgrim, but you guys. So have
0: you ever fucking seen Scott Pilgrim? I have. Did we watch it for this podcast? No,
1: I've seen it prior. Fuck you. We're not caring about Scott Pilgrim. I don't care about Scott Pilgrim. I did not care. I did not care for that movie. I might have to revisit it, but when I watched it, I was just Michael Sarah completely turns me off film. So like when I watched This Is the End, I didn't know he was in it, and then his his role was just completely out there. So I was like, "Eh, okay, it's not Michael Sarah playing Michael Sarah. It is Michael Sarah playing Michael Sarah. But um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, you're you're going to get different styles of humor, and it all shines through in the in the script. So the way they're writing, because you can catch some of the British humor, because some things hit, and some things were like, eh, okay. And you get some of the silly humor that Adam McKay likes to write in there too, and you're like, okay, that's that's funny. Then some things don't hit, you know. Everybody's yeah, got I think
0: different, different. it comes through in the want. visuals too.
1: Yeah, it does come from the visuals as well. There's a lot of uh. Uh, slapstick as well and they're you know th- they know what they're doing when it comes to writing comedy because they're hitting every every bucket for anybody who has you know loves comedy movies or you know action movies that have comedy in it you know they- they're hitting the buckets and they did a good job you know they well, did a good job writing this
0: well with as good as they did I it, I'd almost would it would make me like to see what the two of them could do again together because they don't work on the second one together. Um, but- I
1: would I would like to see them team up with with Will Ferrell and that crew and uh, Simon and Frost and Nick Pe- or Simon Peg and Nick Frost for yeah. I'd like to see it watch that a duel a duel coming together.
0: Yeah, I mean I'd watch the shit out of that.
1: Like I would feel like it would almost have to be like uh, like an American Revolution movie where like Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are on the British side and then the and then Will Farrell and everybody's on the American side, like Will Ferrell's George Washington. I'd watch it. It'd be mo- it'd be money. It'd be it'd be money. I think that it would be funny as hell. Like uh, Simon Pegg could be uh, Lord Cornwallis or something.
0: I mean, I definitely would watch this film. I think it would be hilarious.
1: But um,
0: uh, yeah, there's
1: a ton of people who did screenplays on this. Uh,
0: yeah, it's it's. There's no shortage of people that worked on the film. Yeah, Paul Rudd also worked on it too. I think you're right.
1: Did he did Shaun of the Dead, Baby Driver, At World's End, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, he's done. He's done a lot of good work. I mean, people love Scott Pilgrim. I'm not gonna. He even did Grindhouse. He did part of the Grindhouse
0: series too. The uh, well, other guy, Joe Cornish, that worked on this, he did uh, Attack the Block and The Kid Who Would Be King, which are pretty decent movies too. Gotcha. I don't know if you've ever seen Attack the Block, but I I like that one. I'm not. Um,
1: favorite performance.
0: Um, wait a minute. Did you one? give favorite quote? I don't think you gave favorite quote. I think my favorite quote in this film is, uh, just because it shouldn't be as funny as it is, but like the fact that so many people say it. Um that Baskin Robbins always finds out. I don't know why I find that so funny, but like, I don't know. It just it. it I think it's because like, like like four different characters say say that like it's like a well known fact, like that Baskin Robbins always finds out. I think that was funny. Okay. Um. And then uh, where were we at? Performance. My performance would be. Paul Rudd. I think Paul Rudd does fantastic in this movie. Um, I think it's it's not not to say anybody didn't do a great job. Like I think Michael Douglas also does a really good job, and I think Michael Pennant does a fantastic job as well. Um, but I, uh, you know, I Paul Rudd is just I, I fucking love Paul Rudd.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, Paul Rudd does a really good job in this movie. Uh, first film I ever seen him in was a Halloween movie, believe it or not. He was in one of the the later Halloween films, the Michael Myers (laughs) Halloween films.
0: I always love what he does when he goes on like uh, like uh, talk shows, like late night shows. Have you ever seen him on one of those? Mm -mm. He gives this, uh, you'll have to, I mean, you can look it up. He does it, he does it like every time he goes on. But he basically says that he's going to give a preview for his movie, right? And then when they roll the the trailer for the movie, it's just this one scene of this, this kid going down a, a hill in a wheelchair, and he does it like every fucking time. But it's it's like from some movie that uh, he finds funny, so he always put he, that's that's the clip that he always brings. He almost never like actually brings a real clip to like some you know occasionally he'll give you the real clip of the movie but most of the time it's just that gotcha and i think that's funny as fuck okay
1: uh yeah i gotta give paul red too he's really the focal point he's got the most screen time uh of course he's got the best lines because he's the he's the hero um so you know he he, he does a really good job uh I've never really seen movie. him in a serious role I would like to see him in a serious role he's kind of got the, the serious role is kind of in the Halloween movie he still has that uh, Paul Rudd humor to him in that film um, but he uh, he does a really good job in this movie
0: I think first time I ever saw him was in Friends
1: yeah he was he was in the later seasons of Friends as Phoebe's uh, husband uh, when he decides to change his name to uh, Crap Bag. Because Phoebe wants to change her name to uh, uh, Princess F- Princess uh, Princess Consuela Banana Hammock.
0: They were a good couple. Yeah. yeah,
1: That's Good stuff. Um, ratings before we get out of here on this episode,
0: sir. Um. I think I think you're right that there's definitely something to be that they could definitely come up with um, on the Yellow Jacket side of things. I think the fight sequences are still fantastic, yeah. um, but as far as the character development goes, it could definitely be more. Um, he just
1: felt like he was in the beginning scene and then a middle scene and then the end scenes. There wasn't really much to to really i mean you could tell he's a he's an asshole and he you should hate him but there just wasn't enough of meat on that bone for me to care like, yeah. and i and i and i'm not saying that it's not bad that they didn't focus on him but when you're trying to make a superhero movie i've always said you gotta have a good villain and this movie is good with without giving you too much of that but i just don't think he was a good villain
0: yeah cuz i mean if you look at where this movie is right now with what it with without having that development in there and if you put that that extra work in and made that character somebody who mattered yeah and you really gave a shit about then this movie we would be talking like wow like this yeah. movie was a fucking runaway smash hit
1: yeah the saving graces of this film are really the acting the comedy and the visuals that this movie gives you and yeah. the storytelling from a character building perspective. Cause that's really all this movie was, was a lot of character building.
0: I'm going to go ahead and give it a, I'm going to give it a nine. I think that it's um, even despite that issue, right. I think that it's still worthy of a nine.
1: I'm actually right there with you with the nine. I'm absolutely right there with you with the nine because i um, as much as I really want to have that uh, good bad guy character, there's a lot of good in this movie, and I couldn't give it an 8. That's just wrong. Couldn't give it an 8.5. It has to be a 9. So that's my, uh, my final thing there
0: on the rating. Yeah, I feel good about that.
1: Well, folks, we have come to the end of our episode for the Marvel Cinematic Universe for Ant-Man. Join us this coming week for Jason, what movies are on the docket for our regular episode and the next bonus episode?
0: We are going to be covering the Oliver Stone classic JFK on Tuesday and then... Captain America on Thursday alright folks hopefully those are enjoyable films absolutely (laughs) Uh, before we
1: leave you we like to leave you with our favorite sayings Uh, mine comes from my grandmother she was such a beautiful soul Um, the kindest person I ever met in my life generosity through and through And when I was a kid, sometimes a little rambunctious, a little out of control, sometimes mean. And she would pull me aside and just kind of give me the what for and tell me, Devlin, it costs you nothing to be nice to someone. So when you go through your daily lives, folks, just remember, you know, be nice to someone. Whatever the situation is within life costs you nothing to do that.
0: Jason, Uh, I always like to I always like to end on my favorite movie quote of all time which is never take life too seriously because you'll never make it out alive.
1: All right, folks. This week, JFK and Captain America Civil War. We'll see you.